0: My name is Marcus Painter, and I am the coordinator of digital learning at Twin Lakes School Corporation in Monticello, Indiana. Eddie? Cut! <laughs> but you can cut! <laughs> You're
1: going
2: to say I've been using Canvas for... Oh, I've got to go into the Canvas. ...100 thing. years. Oh, like, that's not, the last I, thing. I was just riffing. I wasn't I know. reading. I know. Okay. And then let me come in after you say seven years. I'm going to pop in right there. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting how you want to have like verbal cues to...
0: Organize what we say. I think that's important in this podcast. At I some thought, point, I just thought we'd just be like. I don't think
2: we can just wing it. When I'm done talking, I'll do this. You can't just look at me and then <laughs> and and then think that that's gonna cue me oh. to talk. Okay. We have an outline. For I am. It. I feel like we did the outline. I'm not a professional in, pre- in preparation for this episode. We did. Episode one. It's finally here. You guys have been absolutely incredible on sharing the podcast with the Canvas community, on getting the word out on this special project. So we wanted to take a few moments right off the bat to acknowledge some of you for all of your words of encouragement. The Twitter community has been so open to accepting us into the Canvas community, people like at Towers1983, Beth Crook, O Canada Tweet, M Jennings underscore UAB, JW Nichols, at Sky v King, so many more. We can't get to everybody, but we're really excited because this is the first unofficial, can't stress that enough, Canvas LMS podcast, and we're so glad you're here. We'll give you a little background in this episode. We've scheduled an absolute rock star of a guest to share their journey, Megan Tolan. Let's do it. Let's get right into it. Episode one of the Canvas Casters podcast.
0: My name is Marcus Painter, and I'm the coordinator of digital learning at Twin Lakes School Corporation in Monticello, Indiana. I have been using the
2: Canvas LMS for seven years. And I'm Eddie Small, a CT Innovation Coach at Central 9 Career Center in Indiana. And I've been using the Canvas LMS uh, for about six months. Solid. Here's why we're doing this, just so people don't shut us off immediately. (laughs) We feel like there is a decent amount of back and forth between the two of us. Somebody that's kind of an OG in Canvas. OG. And somebody that hasn't been in the platform very long because I'm seeing stuff that you may not be familiar with because you're kind of in the daily grind of using it all the time. And that's why we've started this thing. So, yes, welcome to the first episode of the Canvas Casters podcast. We're so excited. This is something that we've talked about for a while. Yes, we're too excited, frankly. <laughs> this is take 709. Oh, no, that's not that many. It
0: feels that way. So a little bit of background. Um, Eddie and I have been friends for a few years and we we have really been focused on education and ed tech and what that means for for learners. And as far as my background goes, I've been in education as a classroom teacher for 20 years. I started out as an English teacher, a high school English teacher, middle school English teacher. And I did that up until uh, four years ago. And at that point, then I got into instructional coaching and ed tech integration specialist And I've kind of made my way into making ed tech my actual job, where before it was a passion I had. And I did my day to day teaching of English and reading the novels and writing all of the things. And uh, so now I get to do what I'm most passionate about every single day. That's kind of a little bit about the transformation from English teacher to big, huge nerd.
2: So just a brief history on my background in the classroom. I was a classroom teacher at my alma mater. So I went to high school at Rushville Consolidated High School in Rushville, Indiana, and then got a chance to come back out of industry to teach a career and technical education course in my hometown and a program I was very passionate about. I was lucky enough to kind of come in after my mentor had done such a great job building the program up for the last 35 years. And I got an opportunity to take that program over. Full disclosure, terrible teacher, first two or three years. But I think a lot of people feel that way.
0: Yes. We can all look back on our early years right. in education and, and definitely
2: pinpoint all of the things we did wrong. Right. Terrible teacher. I, but I recognize that. I've owned it. I've made peace with it. <laughs> and I tried to do my best the next, you know, 10 years in education. But now, can we, I need to interject. You said you were in, quote, industry
0: yes I need to know I need more about what it is specifically
2: that you were doing oh that's funny you should ask right Audio and video production. Oh, yeah. A little bit of radio, a little bit of TV uh, for a few years out of college. Uh, did online development, I was an on air personality, did some sales, like was just kind of wrapped up in radio. And I got a chance to go in and teach it. So, built a radio station and did some cool things nice. that I felt like were pretty cool. We did have a good time and I loved being in the classroom, but I had an opportunity to take a larger role in a much larger district to become a uh, district technology integration specialist. So, I got around to all of the teachers and showed them all of the things when it came to technology and ed tech and really have a say in one-to-one integration and e-learning days and those types of things that were kind of happening in indiana at the time and then this last year and a half i've been at central nine career center which is a career center that partners with sending schools they send kids to us for a half day for an am and pm session and we really work on programs and skills the trade stuff well automotive right all yeah. of that stuff then i found myself in this conversation about LMSs. Is it a space for career center like us at Central Nine would be interested in going to a full-blown LMS systems? And I think that's the conversation that we've had for a long time that we're hoping to share with the community of users. Right. We think we have a thing and <laughs> we've 100 followers. <laughs> hey, hey now. So we're excited to to have all of you be a part of like what this is going to mean moving forward. We've really tried hard to make sure that we schedule out guests that are going to give you tips and tricks and and knowledge based on the Canvas system. Now, we're going to talk about EdTech. We're going to talk about things that we have encountered in our realm of our jobs. But we're also going to talk a lot about Canvas because that's what we're passionate about because we are the Canvas casters. That's right. (laughs) Not just a clever name. Not just a clever name. Not just
0: an amazing logo, by the way.
2: Very good logo. Not gonna lie. Take full credit. We. It, well it was pretty good. It was pretty good. We we spent some time. We focus grouped it. Mm-hmm. We definitely focus yep. grouped it. We had a, a few people come in and give their take, but we really landed on something we think is pretty solid. So we really like that you guys have have kind of latched on and become listeners and, and become followers, and uh, we won't be successful without you. So we want you to be engaged. Uh, we're going to ask some things of doing some audience interactions on Twitter and social media. And then also when our guests come on, please be sure to give them love because they are just absolutely phenomenal. We think we have a pretty knockout guest coming up. Yes, absolutely. So our first guest for for the
0: first episode here is a friend of ours in Indiana, uh, Megan Tolan. We've been both been able to interact with her, you know, in conference settings. Uh, she does a lot of presenting throughout the state on Canvas, but on a number of really important topics for our students and for our schools. Uh, I've had a chance to work with Megan on the Indiana Connected Educators Board. She is just a rock star and she knows her stuff when it comes to Canvas. So we were super excited to to have a hangout with her a a week or so ago and talk through, you know, the vision of what we want this to be. We didn't even get through the sentence
2: before Megan was like, yep, count me in. She's always so and I think that's what you're going to hear when you listen to her. But she's so open to helping people in the community and it doesn't matter if it's a parent that lives 300 miles away that is communicating with me through Twitter on something that again six-month user mm-hmm. not not that well versed in the in the tools but when I got the question I knew the person to go to which right. was like hey Megan can you help so-and-so out and she was very open uh, and I'm very blessed to have you know the network of people that can just latch on some of those things and say yes I do know an answer or I have some suggestions on what you might do and it helped that parent out now that's incredible because because those connections don't get made without social media, but they also don't get made without Megan, who is just a phenomenal human being who will be on this podcast telling us all the great things about Canvas. I mean, that's exactly where
0: you folks listening right now and and folks on Twitter, that's all community. That's we're all in the same boat using Canvas uh, as our learning management system from kindergarten all the way through, you know, master's programs. The fact that we can all sort of be on the same page and trade, uh, you know, sort of war Stories, talk shop, and hopefully
2: have a little bit of fun. That's kind of what we're shooting to do. As someone that's new into this realm, um, we were really impressed with what Canvas had to offer, especially uh, the studio space where we could create videos, create quizzes off of those videos. When we work in a career and tech ed environment where there's a lot of labs. so I think that was the biggest pull for me. We pulled the trigger on a on a pilot year program, which is what we're in now, and we really hope to. Expand upon that by the end of the year, and then see you know next year what that holds for our career center. Um, Marcus, what about your history into you know being a Canvas user? Now you're an OG, so you've been doing it for a while. Yes, (laughs) I
0: am an OG. That's a real term for folks that have been using Canvas for I think what Megan tell us maybe six years or
2: more. Yeah, six or more. I think is the official term. Six years or more. Apparently, you're an OG.
0: You're an OG. So that may be a new a new hashtag we need to add on Twitter is Canvas. OG or something along that uh, line. But, you know, when I started teaching in 2001, uh, there was nothing was happening in, in this space at all at that point, for me anyway, where I was teaching. And so things progressed. I definitely remember, you know, the meeting, the staff meeting at the school that I was teaching at where we were told that there was this thing that we were gonna be able to do the following things with. We had just gone one-to-one with laptops, Windows laptops in our high school. This was the only location we were gonna do any of that. Uh, And we were given our credentials for Canvas and that was about it, truthfully. Classes were created and that was it. And so there wasn't a lot of professional development. And so it took teachers like many of you like Eddie and I, like a lot of the people that we're friends with, who we won't just settle for treading water. Yes, everybody needs to tread water right off the bat. We need to know how to do the basics. We need an announcement. We need an assignment. We need a quiz. Okay, I can function. Let's roll. But, you know, after a year, I started getting nosy and a lot of you guys know what that is all about. You start getting nosy, you start digging around, you find things, you find out that you don't know what that thing is, and then you start investigating. And so it's that sort of fearlessness with Canvas that I latched onto when anytime I learned something, I was just that guy who was just telling everybody at lunch, I found this thing. It's kind of sweet. I found this thing. You should try it. I think it would work with, you know, that kind of thing. My only LMS experience has been Canvas. as a teacher, now of course, in, in my role now, we use Google Classroom in our in our primary and our elementary grades, and then we use Canvas in grades five through twelve. And so I'm basically teaching both of those platforms, uh, and I definitely see the benefits, the strengths, and the weaknesses sort of across the board. Uh, but because Canvas is sort of my one and only,
2: <laughs> is that <laughs> or weird? Do we, or should we like? I don't think we can like profess our love. I love canvas. I'm going to say it. I do too. I I heart canvas. Yes, we heart. That's what we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't. Right, right. But it's it's a little weird saying. It's fine. Get used to it. It's just us in this room. (laughs) That's true. Um, (laughs) Embrace
0: the weird is what I say. I like it. Uh, But, you know, I love the canvas as a whole. I love that it's constantly changing, updating, getting better. And so for that reason, it is challenging for your typical teacher to keep up with that. And that's what, you know, folks like Eddie and I, that's one of the things that we're really passionate about is we want to be on, you know, sort of in the know. We want to be on the edge of the new stuff so that we can figure the new stuff out. We can fine tune And then we can share that with our teachers in our buildings. We can share that out on a podcast and sort of just overall help
2: the cause. And so that's kind of what we're shooting for. For us, this is a response to a question we had to each other, which was how could we help the cannabis community in a way that not only showcase our expertise, but also is different than sharing blog posts or sharing um, content on Twitter. I think for us, we're comfortable discussing and, and talking, uh, which is great, which lends us to this podcast. We're really excited that the Canvas community has decided by, by jumping on and subscribing and being a follower on Twitter or any of our social media platforms and subscribing to this podcast that you're kind of on the journey with us because this is an ongoing thing. I will learn things. Yes. <laughs> each week, Marcus is going to learn too. Absolutely. Even though he's the old guy in the room, he's going to learn stuff. We couldn't get through it without me saying that you're the old guy. It's fine. I'm (laughs) aging like a fine wine. That's what they say. So, but I knew that we would, we would be able to have this dynamic where we're both learning as much as we can from each other, but also from the guests that we're having. So we're really excited that you're part of the journey. Continue to subscribe, continue to share. We are super excited to be part of the community in this realm of audio podcasting and having the Canvas Casters podcast be released. This is episode one. We're doing it. Yes. Our very first guest inside the Canvas Caster Studio is Megan Tolan. We're so excited that you're here, Megan.
1: I am so excited myself. I'm just pumped that you guys started this podcast. um, And I'm excited to be your first guest and to talk all things teaching and learning with Canvas.
2: We're really excited, too. Now, Megan is an assistant professor in the School of Education at Trine University. Uh, Really passionate. I know some of your background is like high-quality blended and online learning. Uh, You obviously help educators a ton in technology and leveraging those experiences for all your students. Now, prior to your higher education background here at the School of Ed at Trine University. You actually worked as a K-12 technology integration specialist. Is that right?
1: Yes, I was a K-12 integration specialist in a really large urban district in Indianapolis, which was a great experience. And prior to that, I was a high school science teacher and I was able to teach in a classroom that had zero technology and then work my way up till we were one-to-one with iPads with Joanna Ray and Center Grove when they were the second school to adopt Canvas in Indiana.
2: Yeah, Joanna Ray is phenomenal too, right? I mean, she Yeah, she's she's somebody that has been amazing since we've started here at Central Nine. So it's awesome. Megan is also a certified educational technology leader, which is a huge deal. Uh, The test still scares me to this day.
1: It's not. It's not a joke.
2: It's a beast. Absolutely, I I can't. I'm in the. Yeah, you guys got me scared
0: because I'm in the the current. CTO to be cohort oh awesome and uh, I'm excited but I'm also freaking out <laughs> looking at all the content and then trying to think about you know taking that test uh, sometime in in
2: May or June so tell you what I've, I I was supposed to take it a couple of years ago and I just was like nope not happening <laughs> so I' I've, I've completely uh, completely neglected just taking the test but the CTO to be program is a program we have here in Indiana uh, that allows uh, new certified educational technology leaders to get some formal training and cohorts. Pete just from Wayne Township puts on and it's a it's a phenomenal program uh, for those of us in technology education. So very grateful for that. Marcus is doing it this year. I did a couple years ago. And now we lean on Megan to get some insider information before we take the tests. Oh. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Right. yeah, right.
1: Yeah. Megan's well, like, I can't, I can't say that. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I signed an NDA, but uh, <laughs> right
2: No, <laughs> For sure. Um, yes. You're also a proud Canvas LMS Canvassador.
1: Yes, and I love, love Canvas it. and I'm not afraid to tell everyone.
2: And I'm not afraid to show it. it. (laughs) So talk a little bit about your journey with the Canvas LMS, kind of your experience. Obviously Marcus and I kind of K-12 through and then I'm CTE. We just wanted to get an important perspective from you as far as what it's like at the secondary ed perspective because we know you've kind of had experience in all realms of of education.
1: Yeah. We started Canvas I think seven years ago at Center Grove. So I was K-12 teacher and the rollout was, you know, here's Canvas and then we kind of just got to go. I (laughs) Yeah. I laugh now because I'm talking about the apps and I'm not sure if either of your districts use either the Canvas parent app, the Canvas student app or the Canvas teacher app. But I remember that first year with iPads and telling me like, do not use the Canvas app. Like it was the worst thing. Sorry, (laughs) Canvas. But it was so bad. We were like, don't do it. Like go to the browser. And so just even I think about that from being the app was so bad that we couldn't even really use it till now when it's like, I'm asking students like, did you check it on the app. Have you, are your parents on the app? I know in college at the higher ed level, we don't really use the parent portal so much, but it's still there. So
2: yeah, we, um, we haven't done a ton in the app. I don't know about Marcus. Do you do a lot in the app at Uh, all? No, but I also remember that, uh, Megan, I, I definitely remember thinking,
0: Oh, there's an app. That's so much better. Everybody should use that. And then I also remember, <laughs> basically, it boiled down to there was a there was a time where it, like you said, it was so bad that it, you almost didn't want it to exist <laughs> because yes. because it was it was
1: only good for submitting work on a couple of apps yeah, that we had it, on it, those devices. It, for,
0: but. And in, in K through 12, it was it was tough just because like it was hard enough to get everybody you know acclimated to this basically new idea of an LMS uh, for a lot of of us uh, and then to then have this thing that's so easily accessible, an app, and then have it not be quite ready for prime time um, at that point. But here we are where now we've got everything's just popping off and awesome.
1: Yeah. Three apps. Right. right. And I'm going to I'm not going to say the number because I don't know it exactly, but I know it's still really high. Like if you look at the amount of students and parents accessing Canvas from the app, like mobile access is still like the number one point. So for me, I'm when I work with teachers or even I have to check myself a lot on this is I'll build on the web version. But then if I don't check what it looks like and how it functions in the app, I'm doing a disservice to everyone. So
2: that's so important. Right, Megan, the the mobile side of things when we're designing online content?
1: Yeah, and it's hard to remember because we're designing, you know, I I don't know about you guys, but when I'm building, I spend all this time, I want it to look beautiful, I want it to work, and then I don't always practice what I preach because I don't always look at it in the app because it's just one more step that I either forget about or I don't have time for or I don't make time for. But it is super important because, again, that's where we know that that's where people are going. They have their devices in their hands and and that's their easy point of access.
0: Being an OG, let's talk about how Canvas has changed. We talked about the app a little bit and how the apps have really enhanced uh, and gotten better. As far as like what you recall from being a science teacher in those early days to what you see now, tell us a little bit about how you have have seen that evolution happen.
1: It has been crazy in just such a short amount of time, right? And I think, Marcus, you can speak to this, too, because you have had Canvas for so long. Um, but just, I mean, the design, the usability, the user experience has changed for the students and the teachers. I One of the things I love about Canvas so much is, that there, is their willingness to mm-hmm. listen, right? And so the modifications that they have made to make it better for K-12 education have been unreal. Just even things like being able to click and drag the tiles, right? I remember when the tiles weren't even a thing. And it was just a list of courses, the visuals of it to make it look prettier and more engaging. What's the most fun for me is, I mean, obviously Canvas has grown and adapted and become better week after week, year after year. But I love being able to see how teachers have adapted using inside, like using the platform. Right. So some of the things that I I'll admit when I first started using it, I was just using it for file sharing, having students do digital worksheets. That's all we knew. But seeing people create and share inside of Canvas widely, right? right. With Canvas Commons. I think that was a really big thing, uh, being able to see what other people are doing and take it and steal ideas. Cause that for me has been the big evolution is how teachers are being creative inside the system um, and how the system allows that, right? Cause there are other LMS out there um, that don't allow for so much creativity. I think uh, when we talk about the change of education over time and I, my experience isn't very long, I'll admit that, but my gut reaction to both of you is that we think that education, is changing a lot. And it really isn't. I'm. Tr- this is my grad school perspective too. Like this is what we talk about all the time is that we are selling ed tech as this is awesome savior thing. And it can be we can do really awesome stuff. And Canvas allows us to do really cool activities with kids, but we still are kind of stuck in our way. So I think we see pockets of innovation and I can see teachers and maybe even buildings do really awesome things in Canvas that are you know, engaging and enhancing the learning and extending it outside the school day. But on a day-to-day basis, I really don't know if it's changed all that much. If, I think we just still have a lot of room to grow.
2: When are you satisfied with that innovation or growth to say, okay, we're finally getting to the point where we've reached that tipping point?
1: Technology is always going to stay ahead of education, right? It's innovating way faster than we are. So we're just doing our best to keep up. So anything that we can do that obviously gets kids creating and helping them think and outside of the traditional space, that's what's exciting for me when we get there, when there's a lot of flexibility um, that we don't have right now. And that's just systems, right? Not necessarily because teachers don't want to offer that. I think that's when we'll we'll be there. Um, but then when we get there, it'll probably be something different, right? So I think the, the bar is always moving and that's what makes it so hard, but also so rewarding.
2: Awesome. That's good stuff. That's really good stuff. <laughs> do you have a good st- Do you have a good story?
1: I'm trying to think of which one. I've got so many stories about other people. I mean, I just... It's
2: not embarrassing, but like something that maybe you look back and go, yeah, that didn't work out or... You present a lot, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think I leave every presentation like, why? did I say that Uh, but I don't know if it's necessarily an embarrassing moment presenting but I do like to pull up the first canvas course that I ever taught I still have it Um, because and it's embarrassing for me to share it because of I know that it's so bad when I look back but I think it's fun for me to share with everyone to be like listen like we all start here and that's okay because I think sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves I think just even using canvas like I still still forget to publish things I remember being in a meeting and my senior 90-minute blocks, right? 85 minutes in, I get a message on Canvas. And they told me, you forgot to publish this. You sat there for 85 minutes and did nothing? Like, and you knew what I did, so... (laughs) stinkers and then they wanted to make sure that everyone else the rest of the day had to do their work and they didn't right so they told me at the end of class
2: so i love that you continue to use like your very first canvas course as a place to, to show people see it's okay for it to look like this because there is a way you just progressively get better there's an evolution to that yeah i love that uh using
0: that as well megan
2: because it's, it's owning it right it's
0: that ownership of like this is you know like almost what not to do you know um but that reminds me back in. it kind of circles back to what we were talking about the evolution of Canvas over the years. I'm guessing that when you bring up that old course, you can look back and see all of the basically all those weird workarounds and quirky little things that we were doing to try to make things uh, happen that now don't use yes, workarounds so because much. they're built into the system, right? Um, I definitely feel <laughs> like I, fe- I feel That's like so geez, you yeah. know, back in the day. <laughs> as as OGs, um, you know, we we knew what we wanted to accomplish. Right. And so we were frankly forced. You know, there were no apps within canvas there. It was a limited or you had limited numbers. And it, it, we wanted to do all these things. And so we had to really get creative um, to try to make it look the part Made me think of like seven content. things that I
1: remember doing as a teacher that you don't have to do now. Right. Like the multiple due dates and assigning kids multiple. Like you can assign this group of students a quiz and this other group of students, a different quiz. Like I remember creating double quizzes, naming one quiz A and one quiz B and telling, okay, you guys are going to take quiz A, you're going to take quiz B and you don't have to take both. And like navigating that in the grade book when you're going to calculate grades. Like it's a cush life we live now, you know, it's a cush life. It really is. And then with the Google Office 365, those like cloud integrations are beautiful. When, you know, before we were always like publishing to the web and grabbing embed codes and dropping things in. And now it's just a couple of clicks. So it is really cool to see that progression.
2: For me, it's just canvas. Right. Like all the, like, you know what I mean? I, I don't have any frame of reference coming from, you know, we using Google Classroom and some other LMSs, but coming from that environment into this, you know, brand new, it's, I think that's why this is a, this is a good thing because I can, I can say, yeah, look at these great things that we're doing. And you're like, oh man, I remember, I just, I remember back when it had to be, you know, you know, quiz A, quiz B, it had, Marcus and I have that conversation a lot. You have no idea. It's almost <laughs> like your life is really, really good right now. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and I know, in, and I know in five or 10 years, it's going to be even, better. you know, there are going to be things that they're going to improve upon. And I know there's a whole community of people that have feedback that is, that's coming through that they want to see uh, become part of the daily. Is there something specific that, Megan, that you may struggle with that you're like, I really hope in the future they integrate this?
1: I think for me right now, my biggest frustration wise on teachers is the new quizzes, right? There's just so many features that are just little tiny tweaks. Um, so I'm hoping that gets cleaned up quickly. Um, as far as new features go, sometimes I don't even know, you don't know what you don't know, right? I hope they're working up something awesome. They launched an app years ago at InstructureCon and it was just it's just an iPad app, and it allows you to do like their it connects with the Learning Mastery Gradebook, and I use that all the time. And they haven't done anything with it since. So you could put in outcomes, and then swipe on kids like pictures, like up or down whether or not they met that outcome, and it tied back into the Learning Mastery Gradebook. It still exists. The app is still there. As a science teacher, I didn't use it for traditional student outcomes, but kind of those untestable things, right? Like works well in groups and lab and like stays on task. So I could track some of those. I don't really love the term soft skills, but soft skills. And I could like hold them accountable. And it was easy for me to keep track of. And I would love for them to bring that, like put some energy into that. Maybe no one used it. And that's why they, they, they kind of just let it go.
2: Is there something out there that you've seen you could brag on something that you've seen in the Canvas community. This is what I really would have put some time and energy into implementing.
1: I mean, I just this is kind of I don't know if it's a I wish I would have. But being able to create and share in commons, I didn't have that when I was in the classroom. Um, so I think that would have been huge or it could have been a, a major game player for me just to see other people's ideas. I don't know. You guys ever do this. I go to canvas.net, which is their um, like course catalog. You can take their MOOCs, really. Um, Most of them are free and they're offered from all kinds of places all across the world. I'm a statistic. I enroll in the canvas.net course. I creep around for a little bit, see, find some ideas. Then I leave. (laughs) It's fine. I don't ever finish. Sometimes I don't even want to learn. I just want to see how other people are using Canvas. So that's like my insider tip.
2: Canvas. So I did not know that was a thing.
1: Canvas.net.
2: Mental note. Did you know, Marcus? No. You're welcome.
1: Welcome.
2: That's good. And I wonder how many people don't know this is a thing. Something that we want to do in the interview is to ask our guests their their quick three as far as tips or tricks go for some of our listeners out there.
1: Um, I think my tips come mostly from grading. Uh, I love the Canvas Speed Grader. And I'll be honest, I started off and it was not very speedy. One of the things that I love is to use rubrics in non-traditional ways, right? I have a five point rubric, seven point rubric, eight point rubric. And if it's just a quick check, I'm just clicking down the points. And then if I want to leave a comment, I can, but that way I don't have to annotate on every single like quick five problem assignment. And then I can reuse those rubrics over and over and over again. It's also really awesome in the teacher app. (laughs) I got all kinds of tips. Do you guys sort by students in the, if you're looking at the speed grader view in the top left, there's the settings wheel. You can click on that and it'll drop down, it's like students by alphabetical name, students who still need graded. This is a, philosoph- a grading philosophy that people don't always like, but I want to know, like, I want to grade everything. And then when I hit the student who hasn't submitted yet, I'm done as opposed to clicking on one student and then, oh, the next student hasn't turned it in yet. And then clicking to the next one, I want all the stuff that needs graded and then hit the end mark. And as I talk really fast, I, in the bottom right-hand corner of the Canvas to be screen, You can leave audio and video feedback right inside the SpeedGrader for students. Oh, it is a dream, right? And students will actually listen to it. That's the one thing I have no just anecdotal data, but if I leave a 10-second audio or video clip to a student, they will respond back to my feedback. It's like Canvas opened up the sky and the grading gods shine down light on me because students are reading and responding or listening and responding to feedback that I gave them. And most of the time, if I'm annotating on stuff, they never like, I don't know if they read it or not. So those are my tips.
0: I love that. I, I love that. And I love that it's built in there and it's so user friendly again, uh, easy. And we talk all the time about authentic feedback. Yeah. And I think that that just hits the nail on the head. That's awesome.
1: Plus, I mean, you can turn the camera off, too, right? So if you don't look that great, it's 2 a.m. and you're upgrading. You can just talk to them, which is nice. (laughs) Maybe they can put filters on. That would be my dream. I need filters in the (laughs) Canvas Media Recorder so that no matter what time of day I'm grading, (laughs) I look professional. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it like it like, oh, it like superimposes a suit, sure. Little little jacket,
1: maybe some makeup, <laughs> right. some mascara or something, make me look fresh. I like that.
0: But yeah, we we need. What do we need? We need Snapchat and Canvas to
2: combine.
1: Yes, is that what we need? It's a little, a little a clap, little clap. I think that's a, a great idea. Up. I right. hope they're listening. Nice
0: it.
2: Okay, Megan, so we're about to wrap things up, but we wanted to make sure that we at least had an opportunity for you to give some shout outs on social media, some places that you really see some growth happening or some people that are like, these are the must follows uh, on social media platforms. So who would you recommend for our listeners? Yeah, out there?
1: if you're not following Kona Jones, she is a Canvas OG as well. She's always sharing awesome ideas. She teaches math, which I think is really fun because sometimes people struggle with math and, and ed tech, um, mashing those two together. And then Ryan Selheimer he is from florida but he's really big on the mobile so i love following him because i'm always able to keep up to date with what the mobile apps that canvas is putting out
0: nice uh and how can our listeners connect with you
1: Well, I'm on Twitter too. So feel free to connect with me on Twitter. It's ML Tolan. And yeah, I love chatting. So anyone wanting help or ideas, let's do it.
2: And I can attest to that because I had a user <laughs> recently, somebody that honestly, Meg and I, we're not close. We just, we have this connection on Twitter because of uh, another social media hashtag uh, fandom that we belong to. And, you know, she knew that I tweet about Canvas or I've talked about Canvas before. So she reached out to me and obviously being uh, the new guy and, and the rookie in the room. I, I don't really I, we don't usually use the app. So I was able to reach out to you and you were just you were on top of it. Like, I feel like we helped her um, in ways that she's been really struggling with lately. So I, I can't thank you enough. Yeah, for no that. problem.
1: You know, this is going to sound really cheesy. But one of the things that makes me really love Canvas is that the community feel is real. So there is a community website where people can go and ask questions and help each other out. But even on Twitter, there's such a group of people that are like, yeah, let's make this and let's make it awesome. I think that's cool. I really like that.
2: Well, thank you so much, Megan, for being with us and and being a part of our our very first episode. I am honored. (laughs) It finally happened. (laughs) We're extremely excited to to have you just be a part of that. So thanks again. And we can't we can't say how much we appreciate you enough on this podcast. It it feels a little overdone, but it is very humbling to have people in the community that want to be a part of this. And we hope to schedule guests just like you that can give their input and insight into the future. And with that, we're off to continue our journey into educational technology and our love of Canvas. Thanks for listening, everybody. Remember, we don't work for Canvas.
1: Canvas works for us. Everybody's talking about the good old days.